Hey everybody, the full audio capture of all our shows is free this week on Patreon. So head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex and you can grab the whole show. That includes Down Ballot, Local Love, and the uh, post-game after Local Love, which was pretty interesting this week. Uh, And while you're there, I don't know, consider becoming a member, something like that. Enjoy the show. When they actually spend their time listening to this show, what does it mean? It means we're winning. Big small towns Big small towns 
All right, everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Media. I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me damn near anywhere. Uh, Councilman, uh, is that a Zoom background, or uh, what's going on there? <laughs> no, I'm remoting in tonight from a lovely unnamed hotel in a lovely unnamed city, not too far from where we live, um, here with the good wife. We're attending a, a Politico conference, so uh, we're uh, having uh, one, exactly one fun <laughs> in other words i'm having fun and she's having to staff her boss so um she's having no fun uh and i'm here literally with one eye on san jose city council which is still going on they've been going since 11 a.m so uh volley to them they're talking about digital billboards at the airport so very very exciting municipal <laughs> government shit so if, you, if you're into that kind of shit I'm, i've got it all for you this week well great great um, just a quick announcement. If anybody's checking this podcast out on a uh, Friday, we have a couple interesting things going on. We'll be doing a bit of a long stream on Friday. We have a uh, starting at 7 PM. We're going to be doing a special, uh, Shasta County update. Sort of, there's a new episode of the red, white, and blueprint podcast. And, uh, her name is oh, something monocle in our chat. She's a, a lawyer from up there in uh, Shasta County. And she went and bought a mic and shit to come on and talk about red, white, and blueprint. Um, then nice. we're doing uh, conspiracy bingo right after that. And then after that, there's a raid train of uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans uh, DJs that I'll be closing out at midnight. So it's some there'll be some something in the range of five to eight hours of programming on Wednesday night here, starting at around seven. So I just thought I'd, everybody that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's three different things that don't go well together at all. And we're going to have a lot of fun, but uh, friends of our star and uh, Kenzie fires are involved in the, uh, in the raid train. So I'm, I'm uh, happy and honored to be the closer for that. So also I don't have to fucking pay attention to what time it is so that I can raid out. So if there's a bunch of people in the chat channel. I can just keep going until three in the morning, drive right. up the metrics. Absolutely. Sometimes the caboose is the best place to be. Oh, at, on those raid trains, the last spot is the best spot always because you've gathered all of everyone's following. Raid train, I, I, I mean, I'm not terribly familiar with the term, but for me, it kind of sounds like these smash and grabs you're seeing in these businesses where they're just sort of mobbing through, right? And just grabbing stuff as like a train or a like a centipede, just swallowing it all up. No, and it's, maybe the, it's, it's no, real simple. When, not, when we end our stream tonight... I'm going to raid somebody. That means I dump all my listeners into somebody else, uh, dump all my viewers into somebody else's channel. And so oh, very interesting. the first person will start the event. They'll raid the second person. The second person will raid the third person. The third person raids the fourth person. Fourth person raids mm. the fifth person. And so on. Yeah. And uh, the, the, if, if all the DJs along the way can keep everybody's attention or like even half of the people's attention, plus their own community by the end, last time i did one of this the fucking raid that came in was fucking 700 people well okay then uh have fun with that that should be a blast i held on to him too i fucking i, I raided out with 550 so that's not now, bad are you just streaming or are you dropping some tunes or oh you, no uh, it's a dj event so i'm gonna be streaming yeah. music <laughs> i've been uh i've been upgrading my overlay for that too i've got a fucking a visualizer that goes over me where you can mm -hmm. see me and everything that's going on, but you can also see like these fucking trippy graphics going like over us. Mm. They're kind of transparent, like black and like true black and true white are keyed out. So all you see is color. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tight. tight. All right. Well, that should be fantabulous. Yeah, uh, it'll be great. Except I'll be fucking exhausted. Make sure you stay hydrated. 
I will drink a lot of water and I'll try not to start drinking until about halfway through conspiracy eat, bingo. Eat some vitamin C. It's good ha- for you. Hollow gay Dave. No, no gay Steve. Gay Steve doesn't DJ. Gay Steve's an asshole. No. Anyway, gay let's get, Steve. let's get going on this. We do, uh, we have, we have a show after this. Um, let's, uh, let's go with leading off. Um, we've covered this person before. This yes. is like a this is like a a puff piece or whatever that the media local media does every once in a while when they don't have anything else to cover they cover the hire a hitman site exactly exactly um, and we just love to to bring it back to the forefront here on Downbout that's what we do because when shit like this gets uncovered it's almost like a PSA you know if if you need someone killed we got you well just don't use this website and actually it's this website's clearly a honeypot it's pretty mm-hmm. funny. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, run the run the clip. This is from um, from ABC Seven News. Now to a strange website that's drawing in the wrong kind of people. What started out as a joke has actually led to one man helping out law enforcement track would be murderers who are looking for a hitman. ABC Seven News anchor Liz Kreutz introduces us to the North Bay man behind RentAHitman.com. I've never seen a human being with more perfect hair than this this man. <laughs> Perhaps Sam Licardo. I don't know. Yeah, so I brought some show and tell. In a quiet park in Fairfield. Nevada Police Department. Cases from Indonesia. Wearing dark sunglasses to partially protect his identity. There's some emails that she had. Yeah, if that was my friend, I wouldn't be able to figure out. Good job protecting your identity, you idiot. Pages of printed out emails. This is just a lot of uh, solicitations from people around the world. Innes has been getting these messages for over a decade from all sorts of people hoping for some help. How do you describe yourself? Cyber Crusader (laughs) is, uh, yeah. um, I'm the webmaster of uh, rentahitman.com, your point-and-click solution. Yes, Innes runs rentahitman.com, a website he launched in 2005 when he started an IT business. And it was a play on words, rent as in hire us, hit as in web hit, Visitor, traffic, analytics, that kind of thing. The business soon fizzled, but the site took on a life of its own. When Inez checked the email attached to the website a few years later, he had hundreds of unread messages with several dark requests. What is the best way to handle it? The game-changing one came from a woman named Helen. She wanted three family members murdered. Helen doesn't fuck around. (laughs) A very simple email. Do you still require services? And would you like me to put you in contact with the field operative? And she responded, yes. Innes forwarded the messages to law enforcement, and Helen was ultimately arrested. So that was bad, Helen. Since then, Innes says he's prevented 150 murders. Just this month, a 51-year-old woman in Michigan pled guilty to attempting to use his website to hire a hitman to kill her husband. This despite multiple indications the website's a sham. There's several red flags on the website. There's a banner ad that opens up a new browser window for the Internet Crime Complaint Center that's run by the FBI. It's like a lot of these people aren't very bright. No, <laughs> low-hanging fruit. They're not rocket surgeons, you might say. <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. News reports about the website, Innes says the requests still keep coming. Some are hoaxes, but some very real. It's scary because they walk among us. I mean... I've had cases out of Lake County and Stockton and L.A. I'm working on a case right now with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. really makes you wonder about who's out there. Are they your neighbors? Are they your business associates? You never know. Thankfully, Bob Innes is here to try to stop them. Liz Kreutz, ABC7 News.
I wonder if he ever movie. wonder if he ever gets any requests to like for somebody to off him. <laughs> like this is guy running this sham website that's busting all these people trying to get everybody killed and I need some help with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh very, very interesting here. Um well who wouldn't thunk, man, when you put up a website that says rent a hitman that people actually contact you to get a hitman. <laughs> Does this guy not realize that th- the the world exists? So uh chat is asking if that's entrapment. Um I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think so because he's not encouraging people. He's just the hunt law enforcement uses honeypots all the time. Yeah. Not that I know of. I mean, the good wife would be more of a, the legal expert here, but I would venture to guess. Yeah. That's, uh, it's not entrapment. If Plus he's not a lot. He's not, if you're a, if you're a citizen, I, my understanding is you can entrap somebody and then you just call the cops after you done entrapped them. You're just but doing you better research. Be, you better be careful because you might actually end up being charged with a criminal conspiracy if you don't know how to properly entrap somebody. <laughs> they, yeah, fucking rat, they, they fucking rat you out there like it was the councilman's idea. Yeah, up to a certain point, you're just doing research. That's all. <laughs> doing my own research. Uh, I, I yeah, want to look so back I, and see like when um, we covered him. I'm not going to do it right now, but I wonder if they're, if it's like going to be a two-year cycle where we get a, a video of this guy like wearing sunglasses to hide his identity. <laughs> uh yeah seriously i've been very anonymous um i'm sure no one will ever find him uh but yeah the case is from indonesia it's amazing uh people all around the world need someone killed sounds like yeah i think that's a guy who wants everyone to know who he is it sounds it's, it seems like it. he went on the news i mean it i don't i don't know that you know if it was uh even if it was my uh you know, vigilante task, or I saw it that way to take these people down. <laughs> Why would I give up my identity? Why would I expose myself like this? This doesn't make a lot of sense other than publicity. Yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, but hey, he, he's local famous. He's on down ballot. He is. He's been on twice. <laughs> uh, so maybe maybe third time's a charm. Maybe he'll get arrested at some point, or maybe he'll get killed himself. Who knows? Let's move on to winners and losers here. Um, Let's do that. Because there are no winners, really. Especially not in this case, except for, I think, the car wins the first story. Uh, yeah, we'll just let this first one kind of speaks for itself. We'll let, this, uh, we'll let this clip ride here. KPI X5 has learned that the DMV has reminded all its field offices to be aware of electric vehicles during driving tests. In particular, the regenerative uh, braking system that slows the car down without actually pressing on the brake pedal. That caused some problems during a recent road test in the South Bay. Our Kip Doe has that story. The drama unfolded last week at this DMV office in Gilroy, where a young driver was confident that he did well enough to pass his driver's test, but knew that he was about to fail. Were you feeling good about the test? I was, yeah. Bryce Rosenblum did not get very far in his driving test when trouble began. Right off the bat warns me that the car was slowing down on its own, like at a stop sign and stuff, and she told me that happened twice before we even left the parking lot. And then we continued on the test, we did everything that the test is supposed to have in it. And then she then pulled me in and told me I failed. 
Bryce was in a Tesla Model 3, and like every other electrical vehicle on the market, it has regenerative braking. It works by simply taking your foot off the accelerator. The car then slows down by recapturing that kinetic energy and uses it to recharge the battery, all without actually using the brake. It's a big part of what makes EVs efficient. Bryce says the instructor never told him to turn off regen braking. On his scoring sheet, it says, applicant did not slow car, only put foot on brake after car was slowed and stopping. And so I asked her what I could do next time to pass the test, and she told me that um, to not take a Tesla. Uh, this is a broken process. Bryce's father, Neil, talked to the instructor. In essence, she was saying the car was breaking itself. This is a guy who's used to never being told no. You can just tell. <laughs> Neil and his son, Bryce. Uh, yeah, I don't know that Bryce has ever been told a negative word in his life. And I said, okay, but that's how the car works. And she said, but he needs to, he needs to show me that he can actually move his foot from the gas pedal to the brake. Um, and I said, but ma'am, the car wasn't set up like that. Like if he lifts his foot off the gas and starts to move it to the brake, the car's going to stop in the middle of the road. We sent an inquiry to the main office in Sacramento and within hours got this email response. DMV's field operations division has determined the drive test score will be revised as passing. The customer will be advised that their license should be arriving in the mail soon. They read the email to me saying that they changed it and I was freaking out just a little bit. Shocked? Uh, yeah, uh, speechless. The DMV also <laughs> said it issued guidance to its employees. I called the manager and I'm amazed. Regenerative braking for their drive test. Staff has been advised to follow existing drive test criteria when scoring the test, and the application of the regenerative braking system shall not be used as the sole reason to score a driving error or critical driving error. I mean, I have to take my hat off to them for, for moving that, that fast. They're known for being slow, but it was quite impressive how fast they actually moved along with this. I think it's important to stand by something that you believe in. And so if you... And in this case, it's a Tesla? Fight for it. KPIX5. Yo! In this case, it's his dad's ego. Right. I mean, my goodness. I'm amazed that they acted so quickly. You called the manager. Like, you called the manager on this person, and you're surprised that you your privileged whiteness won, at, won the day? Like, this must happen all the damn time. I can't imagine it. <laughs> Why would you do it in the first place? Like, um... You know, obviously you do this all the time. And the, the kid just parroting everything the dad said is just priceless. So <clears throat> it's stupid that they like failed this kid. Like if he was driving safely and stopped right where he's supposed to stop for the stop sign. Mm -hmm. But he didn't put his foot on the brake until after the car was stopped, producer Dave. So therefore dangerous. I can actually attest to this. I don't have a an electric car, but a, a hybrid, and it does have regenerative regenerative braking. So I've actually learned to drive um, a little differently with, with the the hybrid, just to you know better take advantage of these things, right, and conserve fuel. And now I get into a different car, my you know, the good wife's car, for example, um, which is not a hybrid, and a normal combustion engine just is very foreign to me. So <laughs> I find myself accelerating and decelerating very, uh, uh, you know, uh, haphazardly. Anyway, well, long story short, I'm I'm not surprised that this story was about somebody with a Tesla and like something I believe in. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, right. Like, I mean, I, okay. If he was like, I didn't fail the test. I drove safely. I'm a safe driver and I'm glad they changed their mind. 
that's mm-hmm. fucking reasonable but like being like oh i stood up for what i believe in it's like dude what the fuck do you believe in where's what's the fucking what's yeah. the fucking like how did you become nelson mandela all of a sudden kid it's not this is not the dmv should have gender neutral bathrooms or you know something like that <laughs> uh this is uh shit i didn't pass my test go back and take it again take a different car who gives it like you can do it in two weeks anyway right um this is this reminds me of my dumbass when i was in high school and my privileged whiteness and getting like a an a minus on a, a paper and asking him being like fuck you man i deserve an a <laughs> and getting it because I, I didn't call the manager i'm just you know embraced embrace the privilege well the other thing though is if you like i think that like maybe a good teacher the kind of the kind of student that's going to be like hey i thought this paper was just a regular a i don't think i deserve an a minus maybe that's the one you give because you're also like you're also like okay this person took the time to come talk to me about this afterwards they care about their work let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and give them this one yeah i wasn't snarky about it at all in fact i i remember bringing it to him it was a, a priest, actually. <laughs> so I figured he'd be pretty, he'd be a hard ass on me anyway. So I took it to him. I said, hey, you know, I, I think I did a lot of work on this. I think you knocked me down for a very specific thing. He was very specific about why it was an A minus paper. Um, and I said, I don't agree that that's a factor. I think you're, you're, I think you're being too subjective. Uh, and he agreed. So no, I think it's actually, more that it's more that the kind of student who's going to come in and be like, I just want a regular A, not an A minus is the kind right. of student you're like, all right, let's go ahead and. You know, it's not like you're like, I got a D. Let's let's go with a D plus. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a different it's a different scenario. Hey man, I need to pass. Can you just get me that C minus? Oh, uh, anyway, but uh, bought, you know, so great for them. Um, I would love to see. Well, you know, uh, if you can afford a Tesla, basically, you can you can afford to to have this kind of privilege and call the manager like this. Yeah, I, would I don't know. I think ever I think there's like nobody to root for the kid. The kid seemed all right, but then until he said either there's something I believe in, the dad was insufferable, and the fucking person who marked him marked the person off for driving the car as it was intended is dumb. Well, that's why we call it winners and losers because there are no winners really. Yeah, there was there was like Let's absolutely nobody to root for in that scenario. Let's just call it losers from now on. Anyway, speaking of losers, um, the, birds getting blamed for cold birds. This is like the ultimate irony. Oh shit! I pressed the wrong. Oh well, whatever. We'll pretend it's late at night. I pressed the night twitch button instead of the uh, instead of the squares button. Yeah, here's our next story, everybody. Um, this is a high quality production around here. Our next story is about birds, Thanksgiving, and power lines. I have him sitting here in a marinade, hoping to moisten him. Serving undercooked turkey was not how Linda Frankel wanted to spend Thanksgiving Day with her husband. It's not bouncing back very well. <laughs> She's in funny. Turkey recipe: the oven losing power not once, not twice, but three times. Now we're going to have tough turkey. PG&E says more than 3,400 customers in the Santa Rosa area lost power today, starting around 10. 46 a.m. Power went out right in the middle of turkey, cooking turkey, and went out like three or four times today. So it was scary. Why was it scary? Didn't think we were going to have turkey dinner. In an ironic twist, PG&E says birds caused the outage, a flock causing damage to a key power line. Birds do harm when they fly into airplane engines, but sitting on a power line should not uh, cause interruption for so many people. especially on a day of celebration and a holiday. PG&E says by 318 people the birds give a shit. <laughs> in a community that's already used to dealing with high fire danger and frequent power shutoffs. My dad's 80 years old, he just bought a generator. 
because you worry about it. There's one thing this couple is somewhat thankful for. Had COVID not been involved, we'd have had six more people disappointed in our Thanksgiving dinner today. In Santa Rosa, Melissa, Colorado, NBC, Bay Area News. <sighs> I love that, the virtue of the, the finger. She was funny. Yeah, she's like, say it's frozen. <laughs> she was the funny. UFO was this big. She was funny. I guess yeah. it's like disappointing, but like yeah. power goes out sometimes. It's just the way the way the world works. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the birds don't give a shit that it's Thanksgiving. And the bird that's dead definitely doesn't give a shit that it's Thanksgiving because that bird's dead. But yeah, the bird sitting on the power line doesn't give a shit. Um, and it's not surprising that a bird sitting on a power line would short something out anyway. I mean, there's a lot of old infrastructure out there. There's a reason why we just passed like a trillion dollar infrastructure package that could have been even more. Um, and it's because of it's, it's things like that. Because um, PG&E is only paying for it because they've been ordered to and they're only paying for it because we're paying for it. So, there you go. Well, so far the stories have been stupid and um, it's my fault I built most of the docket, so. <laughs> no, it's great. I think I, I I don't know if I get stupid enough with the stuff I pick. Sometimes it's too serious and there's really not like a much of an angle other than this fucking sucks. Yeah, the show the show gets a little bit serious sometimes. A little bit of comic relief doesn't hurt, I suppose. Although I'm not laughing, I'm like frustrated with everyone involved so far. What was the first story? <laughs> yeah, I don't like the guy in the first story either. Oh yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, so next story, uh, we've got a crime spree going on here, producer Dave. Have you heard about this? Yeah, we covered it last week. There's a, I guess there's a, there, if you could imagine, there's a link found between the smash and grab burglaries. Like when we were last week, we were like, hey, this is organized crime. <laughs> right i believe you you said it first yeah this uh this is organized crime so apparently the local media is catching on probably watching they've been paying attention they get all their takes the from gay dave <laughs> <laughs> all right so here's from uh right. kpix5 about the uh, spree the string of uh burglaries and robberies in the bay area Begin with a wave of smash and grab burglaries and a possible connection unfolding right now. Detectives from two departments 50 miles away from each other seem to have found a link. KPX 5's Max Darrow live in downtown Palo Alto to explain. The link starts with Facebook.com. Blank, Max. <laughs> Earlier this week, a big group of people hit the real real here in downtown Palo Alto on University Avenue. You see the front of the store. The real real? That's because of this incident. No merchandise visible or anything like that. Now detectives believe this burglary could be related to another one from the North Bay. In downtown Palo Alto, crews have painted over the boards in place to protect the real real's storefront. Really surprised, actually. I'm real, real surprised. Police, a group of about 30 to 40 Sorry. people showed up in around 20 cars on Sunday night. Fishing shop, right? To smash their way yeah, into the consignment <laughs> shop. A security guard called the cops and the people all... Related to the fake fake. It's almost movie-like, Hollywood-like. When officers found two suspects, they also found more than $15,000 worth of stolen merchandise from another The Real Real shop in Larkspur that was uh -huh. earlier in the night by a large group of people. According to Central Marin Police, around 40 people were involved in a smash and grab there. They made off with about $250,000 worth of merchandise. There's gangs moving around the Bay Area, obviously. It's not like there's some kind of like riots going on or some kind of, you know, other 
instability. It's just literally pure robbery. Police arrested two people after the Palo Alto incident, 20-year-old Keone Jones from Richmond and 21-year-old Imani Barnes from Vallejo. Palo Alto Police and Central Marin Police Detectives are now working together to figure out if there are any connections between the people involved with the crimes in their cities and those who've committed similar crimes in other cities throughout the Bay Area. Well, they've had San Francisco problems. They've had Walnut Creek, uh, Contra Costa. They've had here. Many locals are well aware of what's going on, not just in their neighborhoods. Palo Alto resident Angela Howe told us. I hope he's ending soon. So police are working together on the investigation, Max, but how about uh, Bay Area prosecutors? Yeah, we learned that prosecutors and law enforcement from Contra Costa County, San Joaquin County, San Mateo, Santa Clara, San Francisco, and Marin County are all working together to try and combat this ongoing issue with these big-scale retail thefts. All right, Brian. in Palo Alto, that is Max Darrow. Max, thank you. Give me five grand, I'll find the fucking telegram group this is all being organized in. <laughs> No problem. I'm just going to do a quick Google search. Hang on. Click, click, click. Uh, <laughs> imagine there might be some sort of connection. Well, exactly. You get, I mean, you organize all these people in a Facebook group, go tell them to do something, dump it somewhere, and you reap the benefits. I mean, really, I, Producer Dave, you and I should have been doing this ages ago to on a little side hustle. We could have quit our day jobs, you know, years ago. Uh, you, you speak for yourself. Maybe you're connected locally. <laughs> um, but, uh, regardless, irregardless, uh, um, it's good to see law law and order is coordinating to make sure that people are feel safe going to the mall um, this holiday season. In fact, um, just earlier at city council, they, uh, I believe they might have approved or at least deferred the conversation, but they were talking about allocating resources to new license plate readers on uh, city-owned uh light posts right around malls and shopping areas to catch the malfeasance uh, in the act. So look out, everyone. Invasions of your privacy coming soon, courtesy of the San Jose City Council. Yeah, I, I mean, they may be able to, like, the, the thing is, this is one of those things where all you got to do is find out where the fuck it's being organized and disrupt that. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think you're right. The link is, <laughs> the link begins with Facebook. Um. Got, May it may have started there, but I think uh, it's also Telegram groups. People think that because that shit's encrypted, that you that like you can't just join. You can mm. just join a Telegram group and read everything in it. You just can't read it until you've joined. <laughs> so, right, right. So and there's like, yeah, th this is dumb. I mean, they don't. They've <sighs> as soon as they arrested like three people they should have been able to figure out where it's all being organized. Right. I mean, you put the screws to someone and eventually they'll give out. I mean, this isn't, I mean, we thought we say it's organized crime, right? I don't necessarily think it's like the, the Corleone family or something like that or anything, you know, uh, or even, a, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, the mafia. Well, no, the um, mob is like a top down organization with a hierarchy and stuff. And it's should come as no surprise to anyone that organized crime is changing with the times. And becoming yeah. more decentralized, more anarchic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, you know, yeah, more decentralized. With instead of the mob boss, there's like eight or ten different little mini mob bosses. Mini bosses, right? So, um, I, I obviously this is not the last we'll hear of it, and especially given that it's election season and there is at least a DA's competitive DA's race here in Santa Clara County. Well, we're going to be hearing a whole lot about it. I'm sure the the current DA is already actually 
you know, campaigning on it. Um, he and the mayor of San Jose and, uh, I'm struggling to recall. Oh, the uh, police chief did a press conference the other day at Oak Ridge to talk about what all they're doing to keep people safe during the shopping season. And I got an email from the DA's campaign like that day, um, asking for money and saying, talking about all he's doing to protect us during the holiday season and, and, and combat this wave of crime. Um, so yeah, the scare tactics and the fear mongering are already starting. So we shall, you know, and the race baiting too. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It'll be a really juicy campaign once we get into it. I'm just telling you, you know, who's going to uncover this is just some random citizen. Yeah, more than likely. That's that's how it works, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Um, um, speaking of random citizens. Oh, man. So this is, this is great. I guess there was... Uh, police were investigating a shooting outside of a high school football game, but they're not even sure um, where the gunfire came from. Well, yeah, they're, they're kind of uh, confused about what city it occurred in, apparently, because this uh, apparently the city border between... Well goes right through the high school campus anyway they'll explain it maybe maybe we begin with that breaking news out of the south bay excitement turning to panic and fear after a shooting outside a championship football game that game being played at westmont high in campbell the shooting though happened in the parking lot but that gunfire could be heard inside the stadium NBC Bay Area, Sedio Quintana joins us from Campbell Live now. Sedio, a scary situation for so many. What do you know right now? Yeah, I can show you right now that there are still a whole lot of police officers out here trying to piece together exactly what happened. The school is in Campbell, but the parking lot where this happened is in San Jose. The game was in its final minutes when witnesses tell us several shots were fired outside in the parking lot of the stadium. My buddy and I were standing on the hillside, like up near the parking lot, and we hear this like pop, 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 like a firecracker. And then we the, we saw the dirt like kicking up behind us and felt it. Uh, we, we think we felt it hit us. I don't know. We might have to step away here in just a moment. In the meantime, with 218 to go, something has happened here. We'll, we're not going to speculate on it in the moment. In the meantime, the two point conversion is no good. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been someone shot, but the two-point conversion is no good. After people realized shots were fired outside, huh. players got on the ground for cover, and people in the Get stands down. were told to remain. Good job, everyone! Panic. Place right. as police arrived on Those are kids, outside though. to figure out what happened. According to San Jose Police, one person was injured in the gunfire and self-transported to a local hospital. It looks as if the shots were fired near the entrance to the stadium. But it's not yet clear if this was an exchange of gunfire. After about a half hour pause in the game, as police officers decided it was safe, the game continued. Now, some of the people we talked with who were at the game didn't hear the gunshots and were confused about why it stopped and why they had to get on the ground. And hmm. for those who did hear the gunshots, there was some confusion on their part because they were trying to figure out why the game did not stop immediately. Now, again, lots of police officers out here still. We actually saw some people being interviewed and they are still assessing the scene itself. So they are still trying to figure out exactly what happened. Reporting live on the border of Campbell and San Jose, I'm Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Yeah, so police jurisdiction is a little confusing there, but it seemed like more San Jose police since the parking lot is in San Jose. I did like that one dude. Me and my buddy were standing on the hillside over there, just, you know, minding our own business. 
You know, I used to be a quarterback. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were just blowing a J, just like I used to. You know, I, I used to, I threw four touchdowns once in the championship game. All right. He's um, he's like Campbell's only townie. Right. They should have been like you know Joe Townie. Um. So anyway, yeah. That I mean, sorry if uh, to whoever and anyone that was affected and injured um, as a result of this, don't want to make light of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, you had to enjoy that. Like, I think something has happened. I think there's been some gunfire, but the two-point conversion is no good. <laughs> like, priorities, folks. Um, but uh, I'm, I, that's why I'm kind of in the losers category here across the board. Cause it's like, well, you know, shut, yeah, shut the game down. You know, don't panic. But they did all the things wrong, it looks like. It's uh, it's, it's like chat was just saying this so far has been a showcase of how fucking incompetent Bay Area police are. Well, we, we try to do that on a regular basis. We occasionally do show the, the heroic action of the saving the, the, the child or, or the, the small animal um, or the per person in the burning car, I remember. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, <laughs> incompetence is the name of the game. Uh, and we don't mind highlighting it. That's what we do here. The only and competent we people we cover on this whole network are like highly competent propagandists who are doing d demonstrable harm to the world, right? <laughs> Speaking of which. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Segway. Um, that's, my, that's my favorite segue. Speaking of which. Uh, so, obviously, we've been following the Theranos saga, uh, the trial of um, Elizabeth Holmes uh, so for fraud, as far as I know, uh, and uh, defrauding a whole bunch of famous people like Henry Kissinger, so we can't really fault her. She she ate the rich. I wish she just I just wish she would have taken more money from Henry Kissinger. Right? And anyway, right. so last week last week she was about to take the or she had taken the stand on the Friday prior to the show. This is a story from I believe Tuesday. This would be her third day on the stand and this is just the local news hit about uh what was going on as she took the stand. Today, Elizabeth Holmes returned to the witness stand for a third day to testify in her own defense. The former Theranos CEO said that she didn't tell her business partners and investors about a major shift in company strategy, all to protect trade secrets. Len Ramirez has details from federal court in San Jose. Well, Elizabeth Holmes and her defense team know the prosecution's key points, and it seems they went down the list one by one, addressing each of them. The big question is, will the jury find her answers credible? No. It was the most grueling day yet for Elizabeth Holmes, with nearly seven hours on the witness stand. Guided by her own attorney asking friendly questions, she addressed one of the prosecution's strongest pieces of evidence. Holmes said she was the one who put a Pfizer company logo on some validation documents sent to Walgreens, even though Pfizer never validated Theranos. Holmes said she did it because the two companies had worked on a previous project, but said, quote, I wish I hadn't done that. It could be something that's damaging, so it's always good to get it out of your witness to explain why that happened. But the fact of the matter is the prosecution has already said that it indicates, you know, deception. Holmes also explained why Theranos stopped using its own small blood analyzing equipment shortly after the Walgreens launch. Because it didn't work. She said too many patient samples were coming in all at once for her finger stick machines to be practical. 
So Theranos switched to using big commercial analyzers, which were modified to take small samples from patient veins. But Holmes said she never told Walgreens or her investors about that change to protect company secrets, even though she did tell FDA regulators. If the company secret was our shit don't work. If you look at the past <laughs> press she's gotten, whenever she's asked difficult questions, she'll use that as we can't talk about the technology because of a trade secret. The thing is, is a lot of people have found as an excuse to say trade secrets because then you really can't examine her technology. Holmes also said she did not personally read or approve every word on her company website or marketing materials, but said she never approved any messaging that wasn't true. In San Jose, Len Ramirez, KPIX5. Yeah, she's going to lose. I, I feel like that's the case. Um, a lot of the experts, the legal experts, were saying that just her taking the stand in the first place or being called by the defense was a sign, right? So... Um, yeah, just, that was like a Hail Mary. They would never put her up there if they thought that they had a chance to win without it. And oh, absolutely. Make her, make her, they were trying to make her, you know, whatever, uh, empathetic or a, 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 a sympathizable character. Yeah, um, but that, the big problem was that they put her on the stand, so that, like, undermines all of that. Right, she's, and she's like, not a very personable person from right. what we understand, right? So that didn't really help anything at all, um, no matter what they dress her in or, you know, how they do her hair or whatever. Like, you know, uh, you know, a... a, a a, a grumpy person is a grumpy person. Doesn't really matter how they look. Like I, you can shave my beard, I'll still be an asshole. And apparently, she was saying that, um, like we're not going to be able to get to it this week. I don't. Well, we're not going to get to it this week. One of the other things she said while she was um speaking was that the uh, president of the company, her business partner, had uh, been sexually assaulting or sexually abusing her. Mm. And so, um. You know, that may be true, um, and that's not material to the matter at hand. Um, right. If it turns out that that's true, maybe he's going to go down for this and for sexually assaulting, uh, you know, Ms. Ms. Holmes. But, you know, in, you know, in the moment, I don't know. I just don't trust her. I don't know. She like does, She's not a trustworthy person. She should have never, they should have never called her to the stand. If they were going to try to introduce evidence, if the main reason to call her to the stand was to introduce evidence that she was under the thumb of the, um, I think it was the president of the company because she was the CEO, um, mm -hmm. they would, I would call the president of the company and try to, try to get him, <laughs> to, like, try to try to make him say something stupid about his own behavior, you know? Well, I mean, I, I wonder who was the final, you know, uh, I haven't been following it closely enough, but when they were doing this, these. VC hits right, and they and they were they were raising money from investors. Who was the sale person? Like, who was the ABC? Who was the closer? Who was the person who came in and closed? Because she was. Right, that's the thing. So at some point, I mean, we don't trust her now because we know how things turned out, right? And we can kind of see read it on her. But at the time, Henry Kissinger goes into the room with this lady, you know, ostensibly, or goes out for a glass of wine, or on you know on a phone call. She they you know, bomb she a third some, world country together. Right, right. Like, you know, <laughs> what does she have to offer Henry Kissinger, right? Like, she sold Henry Kissinger on something. She sold the ice to the Eskimos at some level. So she's, at, in some way, she has some kind of charm, right? And, and, and a way of, uh, a way of salesmanship, saleswomanship, but, uh, salespersonship. But, uh, it, maybe it's, it just doesn't translate now, either because of how things have turned out or simply because, you know, she's kind of fallen apart. I don't know.
There's a couple things at play. First of all, there was a, like a lot of irrational exuberance in Silicon Valley around this time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a little while. So this was before everybody hated Facebook, Twitter, Google, and YouTube, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of people kind of saw the writing on the wall, a uh, Kara Swisher. Um, but this was when there was like an irrational exuberance here in this valley around right. these companies and that they were going to do good for the world or that, you know, the, the gravy train would never stop. Right. And there are all kinds of companies that got, you know, bought up by other companies that would have eventually failed, but crashed and burned fantastically. But because they were, you know, in Silicon Valley and they had, you know, either, I don't even know if she was charismatic. She was like definitely trying to emulate Steve Jobs. And I think like she just fooled people because Steve Jobs was kind of a dick too, right? Yeah. From what I understand, I mean, I've, I've, I've haven't read the books cover to cover, but I've, I've read the cliff notes. So, yeah, like, so I just think that like so much has changed between then and now Mm -hmm. around how people feel about technology companies, especially small technology companies or new technology sure. companies raising venture capital, telling you that they're about to change the world. That shit is met with laughter now, right? Like that whole, that's the, that show Silicon Valley was popular because of that changing view of yeah. the, the exuberant nature of founders, the exuberant nature of investors, the exuberant nature of certain sycophantic employees in these organizations. And so I just think that she was able to run that game because of the, the time that she ran it in. And that, if, if that, that shit would have happened like post 2016, she wouldn't have been able to run the grift. That's a fine point. No, I, I, I can definitely see that. And there are so many things that were funded and, and, you know, propped up for years that, you know, had even less promise than, than this, as we all know, but there, and there were obviously lots of successes and, uh, but what's success really in, in that kind of world? Is it Facebook? Is that success? It's money uh, success. Sure. But I mean, for everybody else, no, but like, again, <clears throat> like Facebook, like they fucked over the people of Myanmar and this lady fucked over Henry Kissinger, who probably fucked over the people of Myanmar at some <laughs> time during his career. Like she fucked over the rich and the powerful. So if she gets convicted and then just cops to having fucked these people over, I'm going to, I'm going to do a 180 on this lady. I'm going to be like, you know what? She, she good. <laughs> She's good in my book. <laughs> She's like, who else steals $5 million from Henry Kissinger and doesn't get their country bombed? Excuse me. Right. <laughs> but I think, I think that there may have been a way in which she drank her own Kool-Aid and then she like, she probably told one lie and then to, to cover for that lie, she had to tell more and more lies. And at some point, the weight of that gets so much that you, you're in a position where if you tell the truth, then you're copping to have basically been ripping off all these people that you went out partying with drinking with going to dinner with they probably became part of her social circle yeah. and and so the stakes just get higher and higher and higher that's why a fucking that's why any that's why con artists get caught right because they can't yep. be satisfied and they can't yeah. like cut their losses yeah you have too many at some point you have too many lies to remember right you've you've created this web this storyline this narrative around yourself and there are so many things that you you just can't tell anymore. I, I would guess at some point. And I, I've, I mean, I haven't been there, but I can see it. I've, I've had to do sales. I mean, uh, going door to door for a campaign or for a candidate, honestly, is the same as going door to door for, like Willie Loman for sales. Um, so I've done that enough to know that, you know, at some point you kind of you do kind of lose touch with 
you know, who you are and what you're talking about and what's real, what's not, what you've promised, what you haven't, what, you know, um, it, it, the, not the lies necessarily, but just the half truths or the, the wordplay you use, right. To, to try to win votes and win support and in this case, win investors. Um, so yeah, eventually the web just becomes so tangled, right. That you can't get out of it. Um, or it just falls apart or it's too hard to remember. And then something, something falls apart on you. So, well, I mean, she, uh, ended, she ended up, she's in this position she's in as far as, as far as I understand it is because like the books, right? Mm -hmm. The books. Yeah. yeah the, the, the publicity and the exposure. No, no. I yeah. mean the books, like when you do your books. Yeah. Those books. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because the, the the shit the didn't the itself, shit didn't yeah. add up, right? Well, yeah. What what's the figure? She uh, this is uh, she she claimed or at least that the shares were worth four billion dollars at some point five years ago. Jesus Christ. Well, they might have been because like the value of a company according to shares is just whatever anybody what will pay for the fucking it? share times how many shares there are, right? <clears throat> right, like, and uh, I don't go off topic on this show a lot, but there was a company in uh, San Jose. Um, maybe it was in Milpitas. It was called VA Linux Systems. And right when, like, right after Red Hat had their IPO, VA Linux Systems uh, had their IPO. They're a much smaller company, and uh, or maybe they were the first Linux company. But what happened to them was they they had customers. They had they were making a little bit of money. They decided to go public. Wall Street drove their stock through the roof, and then it crashed. And as the stock crashed their clients kept calling them saying your stock's crashing, your stock's crashing. And they were like, but we're making money. <laughs> like we're turning a small profit. Please don't not be our client. And so they got eaten up and chewed. They got like chewed up and spit out by wall street. And so their company, they never claimed their company was worth. However, the fuck much it was supposedly worth after the stock, like five times over the course of three days after the stock hit, right? They were never claiming that. But as soon as it started to dive, they're like, Oh, your company lost 80% of its value. They're like, well, the company was never worth, you know, that it's probably not worth what it says it's worth. Now it's worth this. And we're making money. And they fucking, they ended up filing for bankruptcy because all their clients left when their stock dot took a mm -hmm. shit, even though they were fucking making money. Mm -hmm. And, like, like that's fucking stupid. That's Silicon Valley, though, isn't that how? It, no, how it's, it's just business in general, right? Yeah, it isn't well, just Silicon Valley. I mean, the fucking Wall Street could do that to any company. Oh, sure. And if they rely on client relationships, and the clients see the stock tanking, they'll be like, "Oh, your company's in trouble." And you're like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> would you like to come? Would you like to look at our accounting? <laughs> like, I will show you my books. Don't leave." And, um, but this is like kind of the opposite of that, right? Because she didn't have a profitable thing and like she was able to just keep raising money until she couldn't. I think everybody kind of realized it was a scam and. Well, she was raising money on the idea, right? She was right. raising money on the power of the idea. Um, you know, and you can, you can have the sliced bread, but if it's not profitable, not profitable and then someone's going to find out and so oh, that's some... the thing is uh, a really good bread slicer you can make money on that a fake blood testing machine you can't make nah. money on <laughs> you, you can claim if you claim to slice bread and it doesn't slice bread you're fucked that's all i'm saying and at this point we've been slicing bread long enough that if you uh claim that you're making a bread slicing machine and then you can't even make a machine that slices bread after henry kissinger fucking gave you money then you're incompetent not a fraud you shouldn't be testing blood. <laughs> Maybe. 
should be building centrifuges for blood. Anyway, um, the long saga will continue. We will obviously bring you the results of the the trial as they come available, um, and perhaps even maybe um, uh, Bruce Dave will do a live stream uh, from from the courts on the day that the jury brings down its verdict. I should. I should go down there. Right. I should go down there, do some Twitch IRLs, act like I'm fucking act like I just talked to somebody uh, uh, interested in the matter, and that would just mean I called you and be like, hey, what do you think? <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? Are you interested? I have, I have spoken to people about this. Like the, the person on the street interview, hey, do you know about the Elizabeth Holmes trial? They're like, no. No, tell me about it. I'd be like, oh, she thought she was Steve Jobs and she ripped off Henry Kissinger. And I figure people would be like, well, I don't like the th- she thinks she's Steve Jobs part, but I'm iffy on the on the ripping off Henry Kissinger part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why it's called winners and losers producer, Dave, because there really are no winners. Unless she did it on purpose. (laughs) In which case, in that slight moment, yes, Elizabeth Holmes was a winner. Right. I just wonder if there were like mutual funds and people's retirements and shit. They got a lot. Oh no. If that was the case, they'd have been parading those people on later because they, instead of venture capitalists, right. They'd have been parading grandma who like is about to lose her house because of her investment. Yeah, you would not see Henry Kissinger. You would see nothing but grandma. Right. So at least, yeah, she didn't rip off grandma, no fucking school teachers. I'm like, I don't know. I'm starting to feel a little more like, I'm starting to feel a little more like, get him. Get him, crazy lady. Get him. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, man? Who knows what happens? She's a nice, you know, blonde white lady. that They tend to do pretty well in San Jose. They even let them run for city council. Well, I mean, anybody can run for city council. That's true. They let any <laughs> they let any fucking dude with like a couple hundred bucks. They just let anybody do that shit. You don't even need a couple hundred bucks. Just put your name on a document, give it to a lady, sign it, take a little oath, you're in. Oh, you have to get like you have to get signatures from twenty people, I think, who don't think you're crazy, or maybe they do. They just sign the thing so you'll go away. That's that's how you do it. I'll tell you, signatures for anything. You're like, check this out. Sign this thing. Put your address, and I'll leave you alone. And I'll leave you alone. <laughs> that's how i got people to vote you know nowadays it's like you have a whole month with your ballot it's like i'm gonna call you every fucking day until you vote i've been giving a list of 20 people that i'm just gonna harass every day until you vote so if you don't vote and all the other 19 people vote you're the only person i'm calling so i'm gonna call you like 20 times a day until you vote will you vote (laughs) and don't and i can check too a, a, a vote harasser would be a great job. I feel like that'd be a great jobs program. Pay people 30 bucks to just start calling random phone numbers and be like, hey, are you a registered to vote? They go, yeah. You go, have you voted? They're like, no. And it's like, well, what, well I'm not. You know what? Get your ballot and fill it out now. I'll wait. Well, I, I, to be fair, you know, you want to maximize your time by focusing on people who are absolutely 100% supporting your candidate um, so that they, one, won't feel, you know, feel the need to go to some other candidate and two, um, you're just maximizing your time. Oh, I'm just talking about like more general vote harassing. Oh, that would be fun. I mean, if you, if I, I think that's something that a nonprofit could pay for um, to, to, to rile up people like that. I think there should be like a, the, like the federal department of vote harassing where you just get a, a fucking, you get a, like a list of just numbers of people who registered to vote and you just start calling them and be like, you voted yet. You voted yet. It's called Congress. Well, no, but you're not telling them who to vote for or representing a politician. You're like, Hey, I'm just calling to remind you to vote. Have you voted yet? I'll no, wait. They're, vote, they're vote harassers in that they're trying to get people keep people from voting, apparently. Well, maybe not Congress, but certainly state legislatures. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying to counteract that with our own vote harassers, where you literally just call, like where voter turnout no. is, you focus where it's generally low and you just call people and you're like, listen, yes. I can just wait. I'm not going to even tell you. I don't even know who's on your ballot outside of like the national races. I can just wait. We can listen to some music while you vote. Please vote. 
I'll be here. I'll like, be here. I'm not going to hang up the phone until you either vote or lie to me and told me, tell me you filled out your thing and I'll know. I can hear your pen. I can hear your pen on the paper. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, we're a little uh, far afield. Who needs to get their shit together this week, Pete? Well, oh, councilman. Uh, this this is a duel. A duel. Um, uh, so first off is the Oakland PD. Um, apparently they've been hemorrhaging officers uh, because shit's kind of bad in Oakland and doesn't seem like they're feeling the love from city administration. So uh, this is a quick hit on that from our local news. We appreciate their sacrifice and their service so much. On the day before Thanksgiving, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff is thankful for the hundreds of police officers who are still showing up for work in light of a violent week that included organized retail thefts, carjackings, and two cases of suspects shooting at officers. They're leaving in numbers we've never seen before. Officers were so inundated with 911 calls this weekend that the union says police had to call in off-duty officers for backup. We were entirely overwhelmed with the staff that we had. Even by bringing in those officers, it didn't fully stem the tide of violence. This morning, Union President Barry Donilon wrote this op-ed in the East Bay Times, warning that too many officers were dropping out of the force because of low morale. By the time we caught up with him around noon, Donilon says OPD's numbers had sunken even further. We have another uh, senior officer retiring at the weekend, and we have hit... 678 today. So where are they going? The top contenders, Alameda County Sheriff's Office, Fremont, Hayward, and the Santa Rosa Police Departments. We are not able to hire as quickly as these young officers are leaving elsewhere. Now, I will be calling on the governor for more external resources, as I have before. The mayor says she wants the council to come up with a hiring plan so that the city can keep millions of public safety funding that is tied to keeping police staffing levels at a minimum of 678 officers. I'm furious that we are even in this position to begin with. In Oakland, I'm not. Colorado, NBC, Bay Area News. So now would be a time to consider measures maybe where you could make those, you could do more with less by, uh, I don't know, hiring people who might not be police officers, right? So you have a, you have a, a disturbance where they believe somebody might be having a, um, a mental health issue. Okay, you used to send three cops. Well, guess what? Now you got two cops and a social worker. <laughs> make do with this. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, the city of San Jose is ex- is experimenting or uh, experimenting. They're using community service officers, um, so non sworn uh, people to do you know minor things, take reports, go out there, be a president in the community, right? They can't necessarily give citations or carry a gun, but they can at least have a presence um, and hopefully de-escalate things since they can't carry a gun. Uh, but yeah, no, I. I th- I, I don't see why that wouldn't be something they would want to try as opposed to just knee jerk reaction of we need more money to hire more cops because cops are leaving. Um, I mean, cops may be leaving because it's probably a better gig to be a cop in Santa Rosa or in, you know, Hayward or even in Fremont than it is in Oakland. Um, and that's, um, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way that, you know, uh, the reality of the situation so there's, there's only so much you can do when you have a situation, if you're like a sports team and you're in a, you're a last place sports team, you're going to have to spend a little more money to get some a star athlete to come to play for you because why the hell would they go play for a loser? Um, sim- not that Oakland's a loser, but you know, the, the Warriors have gone, the Raiders have gone, the A's are about to go. Um, so Oakland's missing out on a lot of things. Um, so that's what 
why they really need to get their shit together in some way. Because uh, if they start losing their cops, you know, uh, or at least their, uh, if they if they lose, uh, you know, any ability to, you know, keep some sort of uh, calm <laughs> and peace in the city, um, who knows? And, and who knows who's staying? Right? Are these all the cowboys that are left? Right? Is it all the sensible people that are leaving? That's a good question. You know, <clears throat> you know who, you know, there's a faction that we cover on other nights that are, that would make a claim that a certain kind of officer is leaving due to a certain policy. Sure. Yeah. And, and that would be a win-win, I think, uh, for us. And, uh, or that's been a win-win for us. Uh, not only are you getting rid of the yahoos in the police force, you're also, you know, uh, getting rid of the, the unvaccinated in the police force too. So win for the community, win for, for, for uh, the righteous. Right. But I mean, the fact that they're going to other police forces tells you that this has nothing to do with the vaccine, because you know what, you know where they make, you know, where you, all the cops are vaccinated or they got fired and nobody heard about it. Fremont. Mm, oh, really? <laughs> that I'm just telling you, I, I grew up there. All them fucking cops are vaccinated. And if they got fired, you didn't hear about it because nobody <laughs> cares about Fremont. And like, it's just that kind of place until something happens in Fremont. That's yeah, the good wife would agree with you there. That's for sure. And I've definitely spent plenty of time in the Mont. Um, well, it, it sort of runner up or uh, what do you want to call it? Honorable mention. Oh, no. get, your sh- get your shit together this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Not okay, so is- check this out. Not only is the Millennium Tower sinking now, it's just taking the whole fucking city with it. This is from uh, NBC Bay Area. <laughs> Well, we've documented the troubles with San Francisco's Millennium Tower, sinking and leaning for years. But that's not the only building that's sinking in the Bay Area. Our investigative reporter, Jackson Vanderbecken, tells us the timing is less than ideal because the sea level is rising at the same time. I looked at every building in the Bay Area, so just under a million buildings. Tom Parsons is a research geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey, the USGS. He studies how seismic stresses build up on the Earth's crust. And lately, he's studying the phenomenon of sinking cities. Turns out the entire Bay Area has sunk as much as three inches on average during the last century. The cause? An extra 3.5 trillion pounds of concrete and steel and everything else that goes with 7 to 8 million people living here. Clearly the the most dense and the tallest buildings are centered in that downtown San Francisco area. And that's where we see the most calculated cumulative settlement from all of those buildings together. Downtown, of course, is home to the infamous Millennium Tower. It's perhaps the single most recognizable tilting building in the country right now. Not in the world. They got one in France. Or is that Italy? Take a look at the Italy. 10 Maybe. buildings in San Francisco that exert the most pressure on the earth. At 686 million How oh, these buildings should just start riding a bike and lose some weight. Development. The top Watch their diet. Weigh more than 300 million pounds. But Parsons' data suggests they're all sinking, slowly, but evenly. So none of the others is leaning like the Millennium, which is sinking primarily on one side. The Millennium Tower is an unusual example of tilt, but um, generally they go down vertically. The European Space Agency's Sentinel-1 satellite actually captured the phenomenon from space. You could see the Financial District and other downtown areas show up in yellow, indicating ongoing settlement. All that weight, Parsons says, is enough to influence an earthquake fault. Fortunately, the San Andreas Fault runs offshore before it reaches San Francisco. So the of extra pounds of development in the city is not likely to impact it. 
if you have a series of buildings, uh, fairly heavy buildings, all clustered together, they're going to influence each other. Harry Poulos is an internationally recognized expert on tall building foundations. He's We've seen him before. There may be no seismic concern for San Francisco. There's been little research about the collective impact of entire corridors of high rises on the earth below. I've been doing foundation design for, I guess, nearly 30 years now, and it's not something that we've actually ever even thought about. Uh, not, not on the sort of scale that you're talking about. Anything that's contributing to lowering the ground surface is something we should be worried about. Parsons says he's now studying Manhattan because it's sinking too and faces the same threat as San Francisco <laughs> from climate change. Parsons points out ground level and sea level heading in opposite directions is a dangerous scenario for coastal cities. So if you have all of this going on when you're right near the waterline, in some cases in San Francisco, then you have to worry about big storms as sea level comes up and inundation more frequently. San Francisco building officials say they have long-term plans to protect against climate change by building up the seawall. In the meantime, they say tall buildings should be monitored for settlement for at least a decade after construction. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. Yo. Cities be sinking, y'all. Especially when you build a city on, like, landfill. Shocking that it sinks. I'm I'm amazed. <clears throat> but yeah, SF, get your shit together. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like, are these people surprised, maybe, that all this weight causes the ground to move down a little bit? I mean, I never thought about it before, to be perfectly honest. Like, Well, I'm, I, I don't think that they should be in any way. Um, I, and also that the ground moves, like the, the Earth's crust and these plates move, like the continents move. Like when you, if you look back, if we're lucky enough to live for 2 million or 2 billion years, Bruce Dave, when we look back, well, you know, the, the continents won't look anything like they look now because we'll be moving on. Like uh, Hawaii will be gone within million, you know, a few millions of years. Um, North America will be on the other side of the Pacific, you know, so it, it cities fall. <laughs> Human civilization may not last forever. Um, so we should expect, expect and ex accept a little bit of sinkage. Um, but, uh, you know, what's happening with Millennium Tower is a little bit excessive. Um, and again, it's tilt, not just sink. Um, vertical sink. So, yeah, the, the, I don't think we should be shocked. Um, so scientists might want to get their shit together and maybe figure out, you know, ways we can, uh, at least in the near term, account for climate change and other other potential natural disasters. I have a new idea. Hmm. Instead of just tearing down the Millennium Tower, let's just tear down all the tall buildings in San Francisco. <laughs> tear it all down, bro. Like the whole thing. Burn it all down and let's start No, no, over. tear it down. Tear it down and sell the fucking parts on eBay. There you go. Sell to other yeah. cities. Scrap, scrap sale. Everything, uh, everything over five stories just gets disassembled, and we start the fuck over. <laughs> well, speaking of starting the fuck over, um, shall we go down ballot? We should. We should. Uh, first of all, it's unfortunate that that uh, recall, uh, recall uh, Santa Clara, the, the soups or whatever, that their video got deleted. I saw that shit. That was a dumb video. I loved it. It was fabulous, and I was so ready to uh, to debut it here on Down Ballot. So if you if you might have seen it, if you were on our Discord chat, you probably saw it in the Bay Area News feed, or if you're on Twitter, producer Dave had a very saucy response when they took the video down and posted a very long mea culpa or you know explanation as to why they're righteous and their video is awesome, even though they made it in their bedroom and 
or their living room and you know but we're going to take it down because people are right it sucks yeah i just said that he's that like was everybody funny. was offended i was like no everyone was making fun of you yes it was it was a very sad video um if anyone anyway, was offended seems- it was him because everyone was making fun of him <laughs> well it seems as though the the sf uh, board of education recall has gained some steam um it's procured some some endorsements including mayor london breed uh, apparently uh the sf democratic party though has other uh words and they were able to put a clip together featuring the recall proponents um in their own words and uh tr- trying to refute their video which has now been taken down so that's what we have here tonight Please explain what's happening in San Francisco and why it might give the unwoke around the country a little hope. Most Americans wake up in the morning knowing that if they don't do the job, they're going to get fired, right? I'd like for our elected officials to feel exactly the same way. That's what so the next election's for. The entire school board, because they're all jointly responsible for this for this mess. Uh, Autumn, let's start with you. What was, why did you do this? Why did you get involved? What was the first thing that having stopped work on a tech startup to focus on the recall full-time. You know, we've been here less than three months. What the heck are we doing? Grifting. You've been here for three months. Dude, that's a a good ad. After she said, what are we doing? Good ad. It's a very good, like, campaign ad because it's like, we've only been here for three months and we're trying to recall the school board. What are we doing? Yeah, that's a good question. There should be accountability in elected officials, Producer Dave. If, if only there was some way that the people could hold them accountable. I started working at SFUSD immediately and fell in love with my school community. Um, there is also no um, district curriculum around how do you define racism, sexism, those types of terms. And I'm a school social worker and a parent with kids in public schools. want this to be a parent-led effort, which means that, therefore, we are not taking any big donations. Recall the San Francisco <laughs> School Board campaign, and I'm here to disabuse There's Gabraham Lincoln. ...lies and misinformation about our campaign, for example, that we are Republicans. <laughs> I've never heard anything so important. Yep, venture capitalists. Look like yep. a Republican. No, dear, I'm Oh, I know who that guy's. Seeing the problem in the community, saying, "I really care about these kids." Oh no! I don't have to live here for six months or a year or ten years to say these kids are struggling. Someone that's needs to like, help them. That's a good question. Is this real? Yes, yes, this is real. Unfortunately, this is in fact serious and real. It is happening. <laughs> See, they think it's funny too. <laughs> We're now seeing a scroll for those of you listening of all the great things that these board members have done. The music is very ominous, so we apologize. And now vote no on the recalls. So uh, you got to see some of the proponents there. I think that was a good ad. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, maybe a little shorter would be good. Um, and I, I like ending it right after. What are we doing? We've only been here for three months. What are, what are we, we doing? doing? And have it kind of what like not not like echo out, but like reverb out, you know? Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? No, not like delay, but like reverb. Like they, they, they all of a sudden are in a big hall. What are we doing? Doing, doing, doing. Yeah, yeah. Doing. But 
uh yeah that, i think that's a high quality ad um i found out that they only they've only been here for fucking three years and they're like tech work god damn it like this is yep. some this is the most astroturfed shit in the world probably like those three oh, donors are just the, the the fucking tip of the iceberg Oh, absolutely. And if this happens to succeed somehow and one of these pe parents or both of these parents end up running for these seats because um, it's a separate election, um, it's just going to be really funny to watch. Uh, oh, they're not they're not going to they're not going to run. Oh, sure. They will. They're in it for the grift. Like well, my that's, that's my take is the that they're in it to be on Joe Rogan. They're in oh, it well, to be on the Dave Rubin show. They're in well, it to as they were on to be on Glenn Beck. Yeah, so once the recall's over, though, I mean, getting elected to the school board would be a great way to stay relevant and be, you know, relevant enough to Glenn Beck to bring on your show, right? And also, you're getting 6000 bucks a year for this stipend. Come on now. Oh, these people don't give a fuck about the school. <laughs> no, of course not. They don't even give a shit about their kids, to be honest with you. They just give a shit about being heard and, uh, and being listened to, taken seriously. We demand they to be taken we demand to be taken seriously. Look at these rich, look at these venture capitalists that are funding. One of them is the managing right. director of a venture firm. You know what? Right. When it says managing director of a venture firm under somebody's name, it should just say fucking scumbag right under there instead of managing director for whatever capital firm, right? It should just be right. all fucking scumbag. Right. Oh, uh, well, speaking of scumbags, no, just kidding. Uh, that's down ballot and recall watch for this week. So uh, we'll be we'll be sure to bring you more recall watch as we get closer to this SF school board recall, the Chesa Boudin recall, and if we we'll, if we they ever release some, some video or another video, we'll get some information on that Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors recall because those those people are very interesting. We're we're infiltrating them as we speak. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, I get their emails at least. That's 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 my only. That's my level of infiltration. I get their emails. Their email forward. As soon as, there's a YouTube, as soon as there's a new YouTube video, will that has more than just like text, we'll we'll bring it to you. Anyway, so we shall got, we do and, another thing and get out of here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not out of here, but but you are. Um, I, yeah, I got to go pick up the good wife. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Check this out. Um, we have a mountain lion was seen in broad daylight in a San Bruno neighborhood, and so. Uh, a lot of lions this year on a down ballot. A lot, of, a lot of big cats. Maybe not a all lot of lions. animals in San Bruno, actually. This uh, quiet residential ooh. street doesn't see much action. So you can imagine <laughs> the shock and fear that people felt when they saw a mountain lion make its way down the street in the middle of the day. Liz Burdett says she looked out of her window on Thanksgiving Day around four in the afternoon. We saw a mountain lion in broad daylight just giving itself a bath um, across the street. It was the first daytime sighting for Liz and her three boys. But the night before, they took this picture of a mountain lion. Around 11 p.m., we heard some growling and roaring. So we looked outside our window and saw two mountain lions walking down the sidewalk on Wednesday night. Um, we've lived here for four years, and that was the first time we've seen one then. California Fish and Wildlife says the number of mountain lion sightings has been normal for this time of the year. They say wildlife may be coming into more urban places because of the drought, earlier wildfires, but also because people are more equipped to catch videos and photos of wildlife. Anytime you catch a glimpse of a mountain lion, I think it's natural to, to fear a little bit um, afraid. You know, some people might 
you know, kind of be filled with wonder or amazement. And the probability that a mountain lion would be a uh, danger to a human is probably pretty low. There was two mountain lions on the day. But Liz and her family aren't taking any chances. They say they're keeping a closer eye on their surroundings and limiting outdoor activities, especially when it's dark out. Ginger Conajero Saab, NBC Bay Area News. It's all good advice for, for parents in the vicinity of a mountain lion. I, I mean, I guess so. <clears throat> Limit your outdoor exposure. They're like, it's yeah. so beautiful here. We're right up against the hills. There's all this nature. Also, what is this nature doing walking down my street? Right. They're tr- trying to figure out uh, what's causing this. And actually, the you know the whatever local wildlife experts are saying, this, there's actually not much of an increase going on. It's just that people have more cameras and they're more and be you know aware of these things they have motion sensors on their ring devices uh so we're just more aware of it but yeah it's san bruno i mean it's in, right in the hills um there are woods out there um woodside right is by the woods to the side of the woods so yeah not surprising and uh just so happens that that's where all the rich white people live so they're like what the fuck is this nature i moved out here to be away from people i didn't expect to be near the nature well uh, they'd moved out, out there to be away from you know the riffraff anyway the riffraff oh anyway well thank you for joining me for another fabulous episode of down ballot producer dave and for manning the ones and the twos as always there's a lot more than ones and twos here oh really really (laughs) the days where there were people here to monitor other fucking computers for me anyway thanks everybody for listening to the down ballot podcast make sure you follow us on twitch twitch.tv slash echoplex media tell a friend if you like this show and if you don't like this show um, I don't know. We take calls during local love. I guess you can call in during local love to fucking <laughs> complain about down ballot if you want. If anybody calls tonight, I'll be like down ballot complaint line. Thanks for calling the show. Um, everybody who's watching live hang out. Uh, the break's going to be, we're going to start right at nine. Cause it's about, a what? 15, 13 minutes to nine. Um, yes, sir. thanks again for joining me this week. We're going to run a locals by audible. Cause we have a uh, basically theme music for this song, this show now. And then after that, I'm going to let the, uh, let the uh, auto DJ go until about nine. Turn the lights red. Uh, maybe pour myself a cocktail. Maybe not. Uh, Chip DeVille should be here. Uh, maybe Johnny Corn will get Juan Maserati on the remote. And nice. uh, we'll talk about local music and shit. Uh, Councilman, enjoy your, uh, I guess, vacation or conferencing. Conferencing. Peace out, bro. Peace out. I'll be right back. Live listeners. Later, everybody. <laughs> Driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing Queen to get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Yeah, we do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, what we wanna do, 
And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy the band I turn and head back to the bar For a refill, man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me, yeah We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want What we want to do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy the band Last up on the field for the show tonight It's down me dirty and five So we're headed outside To spark up another joint Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch Being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is is that I don't Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rolly, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do it sloppily We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We want us to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band.